Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. My guest today is Walter Fissori from the Elvio Cogno Winery. Where is the Elvio Cogno Winery? Elvio Cogno Winery is uh, located in, in Novello, one of the 11 uh, communes of the Barolo area. We are quite lucky because we in uh, 1990 we bought uh, this beautiful property from uh, a whole family of Novello that uh, sold this beautiful farm and uh, my father-in-law has a great intuition. So that's yeah, so that's your and your wife is called? Yeah, Nadia Cogno. So you married Nadia? Yeah, I married Nadia. And it was Nadia's father's yeah. estate? Uh, yes. So I how did you two meet first of all? <laughs> Come on, how did you two meet? How did you meet your wife? What, what was your... I met my wife uh, going to school on the bus. Really? <laughs> yes. yes. Me, how old were you? I am 54 No, now. how old were you then? Uh, ah, then uh, <laughs> 18 years old. So really that was that was love at first sight? Yeah. That's yeah. great. And I married already from 30 years. Yes, you're still married for 30 years together, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so eventually you you've become uh, the in charge of the vineyards and the winemaking okay so yes. let's go and your one of your specialities is the single site single vineyard wines yeah we are located in ravera ravera is uh, a beautiful place uh, located uh, in the south of the novello area my father-in-law born uh, elvio cogno born in novello and uh, so know very well the potential of this crew so we are uh, write a beautiful page of this uh, crew because uh, when before our uh, work uh, nobody talking about uh, too much about the Ravera and now it's became one of the most important crew of the area. So what makes Ravera special? What is the, what is the altitude above sea level for example? Ravera is uh, located in a good altitude, it's 380 meters uh, south exposure the soil is uh, limestone clay with uh, low percent of sand but the characteristic of Ravera is the beautiful um, freshness that you have, the great minerality in the wines beautiful savory that uh, get the wines uh, with uh, great personality, wines that age really well, so but also have a great finesse and elegance uh, already in young time. So you get you get smooth tannins, you get really good acidity level, which is going to help the wine yeah. to age. What about aromatic expression? Is it very strong? Is it very subtle? If so, and what are the flavors that, or the yeah, aromas it's sorry, a, that we get? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a quite uh, heavy, it's a quite uh, powerful, but uh, in the end you have always a, a good finesse that comes from the acidity, the freshness, because you have a, a great excursion of temperature through night and day every year, also in the warm vintages, and uh, that give us, get, uh, give us uh, these uh, wines with uh, great personality. And uh, our goal is to making wines uh, with uh, a lot of primary aromas. Uh, in fact, we take care a lot of the lower oxidation, and uh, this is our character of our wines. So what you're saying is you, you like the fact that it has this aroma, and you don't want to spoil that by giving it too much new oak for example 
Now we are a very traditional producer, but traditional don't means uh, don't use technology. We use technology for make for more make uh, more traditional wines uh, that help to do less effort. We are what changed in the years uh, for me in the Barolo in general in the Barolo area is uh, became much better viticulture than in past. So we are picking grape much better mature with grape phenolic maturation that help to do a wine more approachable also in uh, when when they uh, the wine are younger. So what you talking about? You're talking about riper flavors, you know, grape flavors, yes. but also tannins that are mature. So you're picking grapes that have ripe skins without being shriveled or, or unripe. And inside, the pips are also ripe, so that when you're right. ex- when you're macerating, soaking the skins in the alcoholic juice that was once grape juice, which is a solvent, you're not extracting any green tannin because the the kiki, the pips, are ripe. Is that right? It's okay, yeah. In fact, we don't look too much at the analysis, chemical analysis. We taste the grape when we decide to pick the grape. But you did on feeling, right? Yeah, yeah. It's imp- I learned uh, very well this aspect, and uh, we taste the grape, and uh, what are the character to decide what is the phenolic maturation well done. When you taste and crush the pips in your mouth and you feel this a little bit almond flavors and then you look, the pips are very brown. If they are a little bit green, please wait, it's not the right time. And then when you, it's important when we squeeze your, the berry in your mouth, the pulp separate very easy from the seeds. That is a, a good sign of the phenolic maturation. Okay, let's run through some of your Barolo wines. Yes. Which one would you, we've talked Talked a little about uh, Ravera. What about, say, and the Vigna Elena? What's the Vigna Elena Ravera? What's that? A selection or? Forgive me to explain this important point that we produce four Barolo that come from the same crew. Okay. That is the goal. In fact, we produce, uh, in past we produce Brunate when you, we, we stay, stayed in La Morra for many years. And now uh, we produce Ravera Cascina Nuova, Ravera Vigna Elena, Ravera Brico Pernice and Ravera, that our flagship Barolo. This is a project, a little bit Burgundy project, you know, that the, the Barolo producer now, many producers has, have more crew, but we have only one crew and produce four different Barolo because we want to show the different personality that came from, uh, from the single winners and the single clones. So we show the difference from the single clones of the Nebbiolo. You know very well that you have uh, Lampia, Michetta and Rosé, and uh, that is the reason that we produce different Barolos because uh, uh, for example, Vigna Elena Ravera is uh, a reserva made uh, 100% Barolo Rosé clone. It's the unique Barolo in the area, 100% Barolo Rosé clone. Come from Barolo. So what is it? So you're saying this is a lighter coloured Nebbiolo grape, which yeah. is producing a wine with a lighter colour, but it's also intense. Uh, Rosé is a clone that uh, the people quite... Uh, is quite uh, abandoned, uh, but uh, have a great personality. My opinion is a great freshness, great elegance. Is more feminine Barolo. Is a little bit more pinky in the translucent, the, gra- the 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 bunch when you see during the the harvest. But it's strange that you're wanting to preserve this pale coloured Nebbiolo when the trend was for big dark wines. We did, did your neighbours think you're a crazy guy? You're going completely against the trend. That the is true. Yeah. When I, when I started in 19 
seven to produce uh, 100% uh, rosé clone. My colleagues say, yeah, you are a little bit crazy because uh, the wine have, don't have enough color, is a little bit too elegant. Now the trend is to produce powerful wine, very dark wine, very bodybuilding wine. And I, I say to them, don't worry, we see that we follow my instinct, I follow my, my pleasure. And for me, Barolo is a, a wine that needs sometimes to have a finesse, like Pinot Noir from Bourgogne. And for this reason, I started to produce uh, this Barolo, and now it became one of the most iconic wines of the of the area. And uh, that, uh, for me, is uh, a reason of uh, pr- proud. Right now, you you are a, a passionate cook as yes. well. So let's go through a few Barolos and just and just give us a few words about the Barolo and say this Barolo is like this, 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 and my preferred dish with it is this. Um, you're a sommelier. I'm in your restaurant. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the Conio restaurant, Ristorante. I arrive. You arrive as my sommelier, <laughs> also winemaker. And I say, listen, you've got all these Barolos. I want to know which is, um, what is the best dish for each? Yeah. Each. We talk about, now we're talking about Vigna Elena. Vigna Elena, uh, for me, is a wine that, uh, is a wine you can uh, drink also without food, my opinion. It's a wine you can drink also during a, a great conversation with friends in front of fireplaces. It's a, a wine that you enjoyed also without food. Of course, if I need to, to eat something, you can do with the seasoned cheese, I, I love it. Okay, next. And Aravera, that is our flagship Barolo, that the first Barolo that I produced uh, when, uh, when we arrived in Novello, is a Barolo, admit, I'm sorry, not modern, not traditional, but postmodern. What do you mean by that? It means that uh, is a wine that for me is for the new trend taste of the of the Barolo now. A wine that have a great potential for age, but a wine you can drink also not so old. Because uh, it's a great finesse, but is you feel the tannins, but very ripe tannins, of course, but a wine that take your mouth completely and give a great pleasure to drink. Uh, so long drinking with yeah, yeah, So that yeah. obviously, I would imagine, makes it very flexible with food. What are we going to have with that then? What are you going to bring me as a dish? Yeah, for I like uh, with the meat, uh, Barolo Ravera. Grilled, Grilled, braised. Yeah. I like. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I, yesterday night, for example, I have a beautiful dinner with my importer, and uh, we taste Barolo with the fi- with the fish. Really? Yeah. Vigna Elena with the fish, with the octopus, for example, grilled. It's so beautiful, really. So that that is the fact that it comes from this lighter clone, uh, yeah. rosé. Rosé, yeah. Okay. Ravera is Lampia and Miquette, sixty percent Lampia, forty percent Miquette. So the uh, Lampia is giving what color <clears throat> or finesse, perfume? Lampia is the the comprom- the right compromise of the Barolo because it's the most popular clone uh, planted in in Barolo because gave give, uh, give us a good production is a constant. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have uh, good power and good. Uh, it's a compromise, good finesse too. And Miquette? Miquette is very power, very ethnic. So I, I, for me, it's difficult to produce 100% Miquette. It's too much heavy, it's too much. Uh, right, next, uh, another Barolo for, with food, please, waiter. It's Barolo Brico Pernice. It's Barolo Brico Pernice. Ravera Brico Pernice is the Barolo that started to produce in 2005. I bought two hectares in the historical place of the Ravera, that is Brico Pernice, called Brico Pernice. So Brico is, is the top of, of the hill. And Pernice is a partridge. Partridge. 
partridge. Yeah, partridge hill. Oh, but you, yeah, okay. So tell yeah, us you more, by the way. partridge because you find a lot of partridge there. If you want hunting some partridge and the do you go hunting? No, no. You like eating, but they like eating, eating partridge. <laughs> I've had the partridges are very keen to see yeah. you. With, okay. the, with, with this Barolo, it's a super match. Okay, so, um, and in terms of the ageability of that, ageability in food? Uh, Barolo, Bravera and Bricopanice is the Barolo that much more age-worthy. Age-worthy. Uh, yeah. age-worthy. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, climate change? How are you reacting to that? Very good question. The climate is changing, but uh, honestly, I have seen that from... 15 years ago we started to make a little bit more organic production and I have seen that uh, in that he, in that time uh, the vines start to work much better than in past when we do traditional uh, product production. So you do using cover crops, Soveshi? Yeah, Soveshi, we have uh, no herbicide, no pesticide uh, and uh, I have seen that the production is more balanced. It's more consistent. The green ar- the, yeah, the, gris- the green harvest is not too, so heavy like Be- in past. Because it's less vigor yeah. from fertilizer. They produce less but and the, the wine became more harmonic, you know. So easier to easier to vinify. Yeah, age. yeah, yeah. And our fermentation, you know, is very long. Is around 50 days on the skins. So if you don't have a perfect phenolic maturation, that is the wine became too difficult to drink. So it's important to realize that you hear someone saying, oh, "My grapes are going to spend uh, all my wines 50 days on skins." Yeah. You're thinking, "Oh my God, this is going to be like a really heavy tannic wine." And you cannot do that kind of vinification with mediocre grapes, as Walter is saying. Um, And you can't do it not just with um, excellent grapes, but excellent grapes that are all going to be different from each particular terroir. Uh, So the level of excellence, how you define that excellence, is going to be different across each different parcel because he's going to be looking for different parameters on each one in terms of berry size, in terms of um, sugar levels and pH and, and acidity and all that. And these are the marginal gains and differences that make the difference between a very good wine and an outstanding wine. And you are, for me, definitely in that category. There's no shadow of a doubt about that. And uh, I'm glad you've explained all that. Now, we've missed one wine, I think. It's a white wine called, beginning with an N? Nascetta. 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 Go on, tell me a little bit about Nascetta. Yeah, Nascetta is an indigenous variety that uh, uh, born in Novello, and I have uh, uh, I have some manuscript uh, original of in the end of 78th century that talking about uh, Nascetta and it was uh, one of the most important white wine of the region, and uh, it was was when vinified uh, sweeter, it was like a passito. You gain uh, a lot of awards uh, like uh, in a competition with the Schloss Johannisberg in Germany at the time, which is Germany's yeah. like historic yeah. iconic estate. Yeah, and uh, me and my family uh, saved this grape to the abandon. We are the first producer that uh, make a big effort to save this grape because I believe in the potential of this. I have tasted all the uh, wines produced from some viticulture in Novello and I find this wine so interesting that I say, why in Piemonte we produce uh, Chardonnay, Sauvignon, and don't take care of wine like this. So And so in 1994, we started to produce 1,000 bottles, the first vintage. At the time, it was not DOC, it was a one table. So honestly, in 20 years, I spent really a lot of energy behind a wine that don't give me any money. <laughs> but uh, for me, this is a great value for my family and for, for her to save a grape that have a potential for age so well, because Piemonte white are not so famous like red, but when you have a 
wine like this, uh, I am sure that I have done uh, a good job. Do you think working with uh, Nascetta and developing that made you a better grower of Nebbiolo as well? You learnt lessons about that or not? Yeah, yeah, because uh, Nascetta like, needs a, a very good place to, to grow. You cannot plant everywhere. Yeah, so the site selection is very yeah, important. Yeah, very important. I, or uh, They love limestone place, and don't like too much sandy soil. So they like cooler soil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. little bit more water. Yeah. So what are the typical flavors of a Nascetta white wine? Nascetta have a two phase of his life. The first phase, when uh, it's young, show more characteristic of Mediterranean wine. So what uh, do you mean by that? Like uh, exuberant flavors? Or? Yeah, it's quite aromatic, yeah. quite aromatic. So yellow fruit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's uh, vegetative herbs, Mediterranean herbs, like sage, rosemary, this character. And when age is coming out, the more northern character, like uh, Riesling or Chenin Blanc. And this is the, the power of this wine. The, the, when age is become better and better than become, when it's young. Does it become a little bit oily or not? No, 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 no. Is uh, you have a good acidity it, it, when it because I try to do many experiments during uh, this life. You are you are you are an inveterate experimenter. You experiment about everything. Yeah. When you make a piece of toast in the morning, you do four different pieces of toast just <laughs> to see which is the right one. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So packed in a Yeah. Okay, so a good, um, a perfect dish for the nascetta. Nascetta is not uh, is a wine that you can uh, pair with many different food. Not only fish. Fish, yes, but very delicate. Not uh, lobster, for example. It's beautiful with uh, calamari. It's beautiful with uh, orata, branzino. Is uh, but also white meat, vegetables grilled. Is uh, on the, or risotto or parmigiano. Is a very rich food because it's a quite powerful wine and. Uh, do you age and uh, have a, a beautiful salinity. Do you age your nascetta in wood at all or not? Initially yes, now no more, but because uh, I started to age it in barrique, uh, all barriques 30%, make malolactic initially, now no more malolactic, no more barriques, but I would like to, to age next from next year a little bit in large barrel because now I have more production and I can age the 30% for example in a wood big cask and don't have a interior production in wood for this is the reason that we wait to have more production so the wood so will give a little bit of structure to part of the yeah plant yeah you have a good compromising the fruit right super okay I'm so happy to see you honestly thank you thank I really, you. I really I mean, I've got, I've got, um, thank you for the invitation to no, this interview I, was, I remember visiting your winery with your wife and you not only were you um, incredibly kind and generous hosts really opening your house to us the way you were explaining your wines um, was not only incredibly informative uh, and logical but you really did give us time to understand what you're doing and the message I got was you know every square centimeter of your vineyard and you know what you're doing in every square centimeter of your vineyard you have a vision of what you're doing in your vineyard and that absolutely gets reflected in the wines that this is a really really coherent Barolo estate you're a fantastic communicator for me your estate is a must visit uh, it's a must visit on the human level because of, of, of how you are and how your wife, your wife are. And it's, it's a must-visit estate on the intellectual level as a, as a wine geek, as a wine critic, as a wine writer, etc. A really, really outstanding estate. And I'm really so happy to see you again, that you've come in today Thank. and you shared your knowledge. And we are definitely, don't think you're not going to come back on the podcast because you, you are going to come. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Eh? Dammi un abbraccio. Thank Bocca you. Grazie. Grazie mille. Thanks, Fab. Ciao. Grazie. Ciao. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey, discovering the true essence of high-quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. 